Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. What's happening? It's the Daily Bible Podcast. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Every day. It's Sunday. How many days have we done this, by the way? Is it like 7,000 yet? No, we're over 100 there. We didn't celebrate our 100th episode. What are we doing? Yeah, this is like 103 or 104. <sighs> okay, we missed it. Yeah. I, Yay. I like celebrating. I mean, come on. We could open up a we can open up a can of Monster together or and cent- you know, toast. Centenarians? Cent- centurions? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's right, but I, I know do know either. that I like celebrating things that are celebratable. That's celebratable. Yay. Whatever. Congratulations. I'm going to go buy a Texas Twinkie in honor of our over 100th podcast. Thank you very much. Over 100th. You've been listening to the Bible for over 100 days with us. So. I mean, if you have. In fact, if you have listened to every one of our episodes, I'd love to know that. Yeah. That'd send be us, interesting. Send us an email or, or tweet us or post us uh, on X. If you did do that, if you if haven't, you have. that's okay. No problem. But have you, you have you listened to every single one of our episodes? I've been part of every single episode <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so I have, so, you know, this, the, as the saying goes, right? Uh, be Eat your own food or right. whatever that saying yeah. is like. Uh, so I have listened to several, but not all of them. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. But we listen to them live as they unfold. As they, and yeah, and so. it's, uh, it's, it's fun. And sometimes we, we can tell like, oh, that was a good episode. Other times it's like, okay. We're practicing. Right. <laughs> We're getting better. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I maybe I hope people will skip that episode and uh, they'll join us the next time. But yeah. certainly there's got to be at least one or two people that will listen to everyone. Everyone. I'm sure we'll get the answers. All right. Hey, Proverbs 17 and 18. And then 2 Corinthians 2. Proverbs 17. Uh, contrasting and, and comparing right off the bat again, better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Hmm. Man, that's, uh, that's true, isn't it? it just that the peace at home is a good thing to have and uh, Indeed. preferable over a house of feasting than uh, if there's tension there. Um, the crucible verse three is for silver. The furnace is for gold and the Lord tests hearts. That's an interesting one because we don't really deal with crucibles and maybe you've got a furnace in your house, but it is, uh, was the, the, the metallurgy is the, I think, technical term for it. Sounds right. Um, where they would smelt the metal and would the, like? I don't know, but, <laughs> but the dross would rise to the surface and the dross would be cleaned off. The dross was the impurity in the metals. And so here, the writer of Proverbs here, King Solomon is saying, the Lord does that with our hearts. He tests our hearts to remove the impurities from our lives so that what is remaining is that which is pleasing to him. And that's a, a thing that we can be thankful for, especially as believers. This is the, a process is done by the spirit dwelling within us as the spirit is at work in, in us to, to sanctify us and to bring conviction and to call to mind the, the things of the Lord as well. And so that's a, a good reminder for us there in Proverbs 17, three. Yeah, I was, I was about that one too. And I think one of the things that stood out particularly in addition to the things that you said is that it, it should, it's not going to feel good <laughs> like for, for the silver and for the gold. Uh, you're being burnt. <laughs> right. Being, there's a lot of fire and a lot of heat taking place in order for that to happen. So, realize and understand perhaps all of us that affliction, the heat of affliction is an intentional move, an intentional strategy by the Lord to test and to purify our hearts. So that was one thing I would add to that because that stood out to me. 
Yeah. Uh, verse six, grandchildren are the crown of the aged and the glory of children is their fathers. What a good thing to have a lineage of, I mean, ideally a lineage of godliness, but a lineage of, of family is such a good thing. So one of the things that I thought about, um, we were talking about this not the, not too long ago, the, uh, the the kind of the demise of the family, small families are the thing and uh, sometimes even no families, but having a family is good. I, I mean, I lament a little bit that some of our grandparents aren't nearby my kids anymore now that we're here in Texas and I love Texas, but the interesting thing, uh, not to <laughs> say the opposite of what I'm saying a moment ago, but in the church, our, my kids have tons of grandparents. My kids have grandparents yep. and fathers and mothers. And man, I am so, so thankful for the body of Christ for that mm-hmm. very purpose, because we've had people that have come beside us. In, in real ways, closer than even our biological family. And I love that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, verse eight is a, a little bit of a stumbling block because it says a bribe is like a magic stone in the eyes of the one who gives it. Wherever he turns, he prospers. Mm, is Harry Potter in my Bible here? What's going on? Yes, this is Ron Weasley. <laughs> um, no, a, a magic stone or it could be a charm. Yes. Um, and <laughs> that's you're conflating fantasy literature. Oh, here. okay. My bad. All of the nerds out there are just cringing right now. Whatever. Everybody just email Pastor Rod and tell him what he did <laughs> wrong. The podcast on that. That Those of you guys who know. NCS, compasschurch.org. <sighs> Anyways, it's, it's, it, this is an observation. It, this is not something that, that Solomon is necessarily condoning, but he's observing and he's, he's giving a, a truth that's there. That is this a bribe. It's like a charm in the eyes of the one who gives it wherever he turns, he prospers. He's just saying, look, people who, who do this, they, they prosper. And that's something that is, is helpful for his son to understand and know just as far as a general principle of the way things work. But this is not Solomon condoning or saying you should bribe people. Bribery is good. Right. Well, even in the next page or verse, verse 23, he talks about the wicked accepting a bribe in secret to pervert the ways of justice. And ultimately God's going to undo all the wicked scheming of those who, who bribe. But so it's right. not condoning, obviously it's just a matter of observation. This is what's happening. A pithy way of remembering that. Yep. Verse 17 stood out to me. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Mm. I've, I've long loved this one because it highlights again, what I was just saying a moment ago, there are, there are friends who are close and there are friends that are so close that they feel like family. You weren't, you don't have the same mother or father, but you do have the same heavenly father. And that can be so uniting and so deepening that it's as if you are my flesh and bone, Uh, much like David and Jonathan had Jonathan covenanted himself with David and David vice versa, such that their relationship was so sweet and so good that um, even today, people have a hard time looking at that relationship and not making it perverted. Um, man, that's a good thing to have, though. Men yep. having close friends like this—that's such a great thing. Find yep. that friend, keep him close, don't let him go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how about verse fourteen? Just to back up a few verses there. The beginning of strife is like the letting out of water. So quit before the barrel or before the coral breaks out. The the image here is that of of like a dam that there's a, a little crack in the dam and the water begins to seep out and that's the beginning of strife. And if we're not quick to put an end to it and to, to stop it, then eventually that, that dam is just going to burst and here comes everything behind it. And so the, the idea here is if, if it's in our, our possible, uh, possible, 
possibility if it's if it's uh, if we can do it which i can't talk <laughs> apparently that's not possible for me if it's possible for us to avoid it or to bring an end to the tension then, then we need to do that uh, paul picks up on this in uh, this same idea i think in romans 12 when he talks about so far as it depends on you live in peace with all people mm-hmm. pursue that and in, instead of provoking and, and leading to more and more contention and strife and so uh, proverbs uh, 17 14 is, is helpful on that it's just a good reminder because our flesh wants to keep poking our flesh wants to 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 further the coral and he's saying don't do that bring an end to it otherwise the dam will burst and it's going to be a lot messier than it would be if you just covered it up and moved on verse 22 a joyful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones uh one important insight that i've learned in biblical counseling is that the inner man affects the outer man Mm. and vice versa the outer man affects the inner man we are a psychosomatic whole we are body and spirit in one unit and putting those together means recognizing that your physical condition will affect your spiritual condition and your spiritual condition will affect your physical condition and vice versa. It works together. So uh, we shouldn't neglect one over the other or prioritize one over the other. We should prioritize both and say, man, joyful heart, the inner man is good medicine. It's, it's strengthening. It feels great, but it crushed spirit. Someone who's suffering internally can have a very real effect on our physical, uh, our physical abilities or disabilities as the case may be. Proverbs 18 is one of my favorite chapters in the book of Proverbs, um, just because it has so many good things as far as uh, communication is concerned. And, and so many times in, in the counseling office, I will go to Proverbs 18 to talk about how we should interact with each other and engage in conflict resolution because it has so many good things to say there. But mm-hmm. right away, he says uh, in verse one, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Interesting. This is a, a good uh, challenge to a, a Christian who would say, I, I don't need community. I don't, need, I don't need the church. Right. I don't need the church. I don't need the local church. I'm part of the church. Church universe. is weird, man. Right. It's got weird people in there. Exactly. And here, Especially I mean, Solomon. Pastors. Yes. We are at the top of that chain for sure. Solomon indicts him and, and calls it out. He says, this is self-seeking. This is self-centered to, to isolate yourself. And I think in some regards, all of us are prone to that. I mean, in our flesh, we would rather just be by ourselves and by the people that are easy for us to love our family and just be like, let's just have our own little holy huddle over here and forget everybody else. But he's saying that's not the better part of wisdom. That's not sound judgment. It breaks out against sound judgment. How about uh, then verse two, uh, speaking of, of communication here, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. How many mm-hmm. times has conflict between a husband and wife uh, come back to this? We're not doing the heavy lifting to understand the, uh, our, our spouse's position. We're just there to express our own opinion. We're not, we're not willing to listen. We're not willing to do the hard work to understand before we ourselves are understood. And Solomon's commend, commending that, that we would do that. One of my favorite verses that I go to over and over again, I'm sure you're going to get here, Pastor Peaches. So I'll just, I'll just throw this one out there and we can both chew on this, this bone here. Uh, verse 17, Proverbs 18, 17, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Man, this proverb bit me in the butt a million times. Mm. I so often have been like, oh man, it's so obvious that you're in the right here and, and your kid or your spouse is in the wrong. Let's go talk to them. Let's bring them in. Let's confront them. And we're going to do this in a godly way only to realize, oh, I didn't have the whole story. Right, right. Wow, you didn't say this person. And it's not to say that the other person are trying to be uh, I don't know. They're trying to posture themselves as being entirely right. But it's so funny because we interpret we interpret real events 
in ways that we can imperceptibly just give ourselves the edge of like, oh yeah, I guess I guess I am the the victim in this situation. When in reality, both parties have elements to own, right? Know, sin to sin, sin to take into consideration. Yep. And so often, the wise counselor may hear the first one and say, oh yeah, I could totally see where you're coming from, but fail to take into account the other party's story. Yeah, and, and that's part and parcel with the one we just talked about in verse two. Also, if you look up at verse 13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it's his folly and shame. shame. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things here that, that Solomon is saying, Hey, look, make sure that you, that you are listening to the other side in, in this be willing. In other words, a word that comes to mind is teachability, which goes hand in hand with humility, humility, right? I mean, be open to being wrong when you're in conflict with your spouse or with a child or yeah, even with a child. There's been times that I've had to apologize to my kids because I've realized that I was wrong in a situation and I jumped to a conclusion when I shouldn't have jumped to a conclusion. Um, And so whatever this is, whatever the context is, we need to be careful with that. How about verse six, a fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. Boom. Yeah. That can be true as well. Like in in real life though, for real. Right. (laughs) Get yourself beat up because you say something dumb. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, whether it's our competitive nature or we take things too far or whatever it is. Yeah. Proverbs 18, so many things to talk about, about how we use our words. And that's verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits, either the fruit of life or the fruit of destruction and death. So we need to be careful with that. Well, let's jump over to our New Testament reading in Second Corinthians chapter two. Second Corinthians chapter two. Uh, Paul is continuing on uh, what he was was doing in writing to the the church there in Corinth. Uh, verse four: I wrote to you of out of much affliction and anguish of heart, with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Now. We know from First Corinthians that Paul wrote some pretty hard things to the church there, and then it seems also probably in the other letter to the to the church in Corinth, there's at least one other one that we don't have in possession, not scripture, but it seems that, that Paul had m- multiple acts of correspondence with this church, and he's saying, the reason I wrote these things to you was not to, to inflict pain on you, though it did, but really because I loved you. I cared about your godliness and holiness enough to, to put my finger in your chest and say, hey, what you're doing is not right here, and so Paul is, is comforting them in that sense there. He goes on to talk about forgiveness in uh, verses 5 through 11 there and uh, the need to forgive and uh, in calling people to forgive sinners there within the body of Christ and saying, hey, look, even as, as you forgive, I forgive also to that that same person. And then uh, chapter 2 ends with one of my favorite passages, and uh, that is the the idea of how we smell in the world around us. Mm. Um, I preached a, a sermon on this uh, a while back at our sending church called Gospel Sense, um, and uh, uh, Alternative it, title, y'all stank. Did y'all, you say that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not to have a stanky leg. Um, <laughs> but this idea here in verses 14 and following, and that is that of the, the ancient triumphal victory parade where the conquering general would lead his captives through the city, declaring his victory over them. And they themselves as the captives would testify to the greatness of the conquering general. And here Paul is saying, that's Jesus in us. We are the captives being led by our glorious conquering king in Jesus. And it's not a bad thing in this case, because it's a good thing to be the captive of Christ. We want to be his captive. And so he's saying, this is a, we are the the testimony. We are the fragrance because there would be incense burned during these parades as well. That would remind people the celebration and the victory. And that's us is, is is what he's saying there as, as he uh, wraps up chapter two. Yeah. What do you smell like? I guess that's a helpful question to ask. Yep. Verse uh, 13, uh, verses 12 and 13, actually, let me just quickly divert to that. Uh, One of the things that I constantly look for in scripture is, is how is, 
Paul's framework for decision-making. And I see in verses 12 and 13, something for us to consider as we make decisions unto the Lord. As we're trying to figure out where do we go? Where do we live? Do I plant a church? Do I do whatever it is that we're doing? Notice something that Paul uses as a criteria for him to decide whether or not to stay, to go, to move on, et cetera. He looks at uh, verse 13. He says, my spirit was not at rest because I didn't find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and I went on to Macedonia. He's looking for his brother Titus. So verse 12 though, don't forget this. He came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ. Even though a door was open for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest. So there was great opportunity at Troas for him to preach and to have a faithful ministry there, a fruitful ministry. And he didn't stay because there was someone who wasn't there with him. He wanted Titus. Um, I think that's important. There's something to be said about making decisions by faith in Christ and saying, is there opportunity here? Can I do great good? But also to say, uh, who's going to be there with me or who's not there in this case? Uh, Paul really wanted Titus, his co-laborer, to be there with him. And he was probably one of his children in the faith. One of Paul's last letters was probably to Titus. Timothy, probably. Second Timothy is probably his last letter. But Titus is one of them, one of the epistles that he wrote before he died. And that goes to show how much value Paul places on relationships. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We uh, hope, Lord willing, to join you again tomorrow for another episode. So tune in again and listen to uh, the Word of God with us tomorrow. Would be Buck. (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.